I appeal to you, therefore, family in Christ, to be a holy and living sacrifice, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul's grand therefore, at the beginning of chapter 12, is launched by the thrust of his arguments by his writings from chapter 1 through 11. Therefore, by the mercies of God. Therefore, because of the grace of God, because God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it, because God loves you just as you are, because God loves you too much to leave you just as you are, Paul writes that we should be prepared to be transformed by the renewal of our minds so that you, so that we can discern the will of God so that we are not conformed to this world. Paul is instructing the church to be prepared for a transformation, a transformation that happens through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Transformed, changed, made over, and made new. Paul is, frankly, preaching about something he knows quite a bit about. Paul had a transformational experience with Christ. We've talked about this a few times over the past couple of weeks, but it's important that you know what happened to Paul. If you're wondering if I'm making this up, you can turn to Acts chapter 9, and I'm not. So before Paul was Paul, his name was Saul. And Saul was breathing threats to the church in Jerusalem. And he went to the high priest in Jerusalem and asked for letters that would give him permission to travel to Damascus to arrest men and women who were following Jesus. He was a persecutor of the church. Now, as he was going along the road to Damascus, a bright light flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say, Saul, why do you persecute me? And from the ground, looking up, Saul asks, Who are you, Lord? And then a reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Saul was going to Damascus. He was knocked off his horse, knocked straight on his rear. Paul had thought he was going to Damascus to arrest Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem. But instead, Paul was chosen by Jesus to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Christ, to Gentiles, to kings, and to the people of Israel. Saul ended up spending a few days in Damascus, recovering before he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, saying that Jesus is indeed the Son of God. And Saul was convincing. All who heard him were amazed because they noticed that it was Saul who had been arresting and persecuting Christians, but now was proclaiming Jesus to be Lord. Paul was transformed. He was made new. And in doing, in, in doing so, Saul became Paul. Paul is the recipient of what we might call an extreme makeover. And he is instructing the church then and today to be prepared for the same transformation. Whenever we proclaim Christ as Lord of our lives, we should expect to be changed. No one in the history of creation has ever had an encounter with Jesus and not been changed. 
Mark chapter 5. There's a man who lives among the tombs. He lives on the outside of the city. He's chained to keep him from terrorizing his community. He was possessed. The chains and the shackles could not hold him. Jesus goes to the man, calls out the unclean spirit, sends them into a a herd of swine. The swine run off the side of a cliff. And the man is healed. The man wants to follow Jesus, to go with him. But Jesus says, no, you need to stay here. You, You need to tell your family and your friends and your community about the mercies of God. A few verses later, as Jesus is moving with his disciples and the ever-growing crowds around him, there's a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. Doctor upon doctor were, were unable, unwilling to heal her. And she's trying to get Jesus' attention, but the crowds are so big, she can't catch his eye. She can't get him to hear her as she's calling his name. So in an act of desperation, she reaches out and grabs his cloak. And as she grabs his cloak, she is immediately healed. Then, a few verses later, Jesus is called to the home of an influential leader in the community. He had been called earlier to go there, but the crowds prevented him from getting there sooner. He had been called to heal this leader's daughter. But when he arrives, the girl is dead. And the family is weeping. They are filled with grief. And Jesus turns to them and he asks, Why are you weeping? Why do you make a commotion? The child is not dead. She's sleeping. Jesus calls out to the girl. The girl stands up. She's healed. That's one chapter. One chapter in one gospel with three extreme transformations because of an encounter with Jesus. Friends, when we have an encounter with our living Messiah, our living Lord, we should expect that our lives will never be the same. Paul is telling the church that we desperately need a real transformation. And we're all in need of this makeover. All of humanity, Paul wrote back in chapter 3 of Romans, is living under the power of sin and death. We all need this makeover. We're all in need of God's grace. And friends, we are all recipients of God's grace. And this makeover is what happens when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. Our transformation is the grace of God at work in our lives. The grace of God sanctifying us, meaning that makes us more and more like Christ from the inside out. You should note, though, that doesn't make us Christ. After Jesus told his disciples about his coming death and resurrection, they always forgot about the resurrection part, he said to them, If anyone wants to follow me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And for those who lose their life for my sake, for the sake of the gospel, will save it. What Paul is describing in Romans chapter 12 is what Jesus told his disciples as he was preparing for the cross. The character of Christian life, the character of the church, is what we call cruciform. Allison, our seminarian, will be able to tell you all about that after worship. She would love to talk to you about cruciform or any other seminary words you want to know about. 
But what you need to know about cruciform is it means that our lives take the shape of the one who was crucified. And if we want to know about the life of the one who was crucified, all we have to do is look to Mark chapter 5, and we see healing and grace at work. We see a life of self-sacrifice, a life that is willing to suffer, a life that is distinctive from the world, because it is a Christ-like life. About 20 years ago, before we had the Real Housewives of New York City, or the Real Housewives of Washington, D.C., before there were the Kardashians, and before we had The Bachelor, our reality TV fix was Extreme Makeover Home Edition. You might remember this show, Move That Bus, Move That Bus, and one week Ty Pennington with his dreamy blue eyes and luscious locks would transform a family's life. This family had standing in the community because of something they had done or something that they were experiencing. Seven days always seemed impossible to transform a home. But through the power of project management, through multiple general contractors and volunteers, and through ignoring OSHA safety requirements, they were able to get this done. When the drywall dust had settled and the paint had dried, friends and family would line the street. They would chant, move that bus, move that bus, because there was a bus, a literal bus, blocking the home. And the anticipation would become too much for the family and for the viewers. And as the bus moved, parents would begin to cry, to weep with joy, and children would jump into the air. The recipients' lives were forever changed through the love, the handiwork, of friends, family, neighbors, contractors, and through the power of video editing. If we miss, if we miss or we do not understand what Paul's therefore is therefore at the beginning of chapter 12, we can turn the task of transformation from gospel good news to burdensome tasks. Without Paul's grand therefore at the beginning of chapter 12, without the previous 11 chapters of Paul detailing what the grace of God is and that we are the recipients of this grand grace, to live a life transformed as Paul describes is burdensome, if not downright impossible. Without the therefore at the beginning of chapter 12, we do not hear the gospel. We do not hear that through Christ, it's not that we will be transformed, it's that we are transformed here and now. The therefore of Paul makes the cruciform life possible. Transforming lives, transforming the church is more extreme than a makeover in seven days, whether it's a human being or a home. But... And it's a big but, so you know that it doesn't lie. This transformation, unlike the reality TV show, is happening. Not because of who you are, but rather because of whose you are. And the grace of God says that you are beloved. The grace of God is not worried about your club membership, the promotion you received at work, or our stock portfolios. The transformation that is happening in our lives right now is happening because of who God is. And friends, we are God's beloved. If you're looking to improve your life through self-improvement, you've come to the wrong place. 
Paul's, therefore, is the mind of Christ taking shape in your lives. And that is freeing. Because it's not left up to us to figure out. We're not trying to emulate Jesus or even follow Jesus' teachings as though he were a guru or an amazing life coach. Paul is urging the church, he's urging us to see that we are in Christ right now. He said it back in chapter 6. By faith and by baptism, because of God, you are now in Christ. We have new life in Jesus' resurrection because Jesus is a living Lord. The character of Jesus Christ shapes the, shapes, shapes the church, has shaped the church over centuries, and has made us over from conforming to the world to being made new by God's grace. The Beyonce of the Episcopal Church, her name is Reverend Fleming Rutledge. She's a retired priest. She underscores this. She writes that this is not a process that God begins in us, followed by God stepping aside to see how we will respond. God is in this from first to last, because to be in Christ is to be continually made new by the power of the Holy Spirit. The makeover that has happened and that is happening in you in us, in me, is God's handiwork. New life in Christ. This is not a process. This is already true right now because of who God is. Because of who Jesus is. Freeing us to become who we already are. Forgiven, free, redeemed. With Christ and through Christ. All of us. You have been made new. Amen.